We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Welcome back to the 3OK Runners Podcast. This is episode number 24. And I am Jeff coming to you with Chief and Brother Jared, and we're going to dive into our latest training run, which was a 50 miler on Sunday. And then we're going to go through some of the changes that they have made to the Leadville Trail 100 race, and then our response to those changes and, and what that does for us with pacers and potential cutoff problems and stuff like that. So I'm anxious to get you guys' thoughts. Uh, But first, let's get after that training run on Sunday, because I feel like I'm still a little bit dehydrated and recovering from that two days later. So let's hear what you have to say. uh, So our our training plan has doing a 50 mile, one big 50 mile run, kind of tapered into it a little bit. And uh, we ended up, did it on Sunday, which turned out to be yet the hot, one of the hottest days yet for the year, at least humidity wise was up there. And so... Gus found some dirt roads in the north side of Oklahoma, on the north side of the state up there by Stillwater, and uh, yeah, I mean, just you ran fifty miles. There's not a whole lot to say about it. I think we did what eleven and a half, twelve hours. I think is what we maybe maybe a little more than that. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I think all encompassing, it was right around twelve. Um, and we used some aid stations and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Kudos to your wife. Yeah, Beth came through clutch. Yes, on that. she did. Uh, and those were those were great <clears throat> little rollers up there. I, we ended up getting almost three thousand feet of gain mm-hmm. uh, with some nice up and down, up and down, uh, a little bit of downhill run training, which I am glad for. Yeah, right there at the end, there was actually some decent downhills, yeah. um, which was probably a good time for those to happen. Yeah. Chief told me I should pick up the pace on one because I was trying to recover on the first one, so I ran the second one. Then I turned around, and he was kind of moseying down. I was like, what's the deal? (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to bomb the legs as much as, like like Jared said, it was a great time to, your legs are tired, and you're running down, like a really decent downhill in Oklahoma, um, which is kind of hard to find sometimes. And so, you know, stride it out a little bit and kind of try to bomb the quads, just build up some strength, and... uh, um, but the humidity was absolutely brutal on, on that day. And I think I ended up going through five, one and a half liter, one and a half bladders that day alone, not, not counting my tailwind. And so really putting some water down, we struggled early with sweating and the humidity was so high. I mean, there was fog out in that morning. I knew it was going to be a pretty humid day. And we got into some serious issues too, because that sweating and stuff kind of creeped up on us because it wasn't super hot, but drenched, just absolutely drenched in sweating. And Jared got into kind of a, a dangerous place a little bit when it came to the sweating. Uh, I'll let him kind of talk about where I got, cause I kind of want you to kind of go from the start to the fin, like start to where we ended up with the dehydration, but he got so dehydrated that he turned like a shade of purple. 
And I, I kid you not. I mean, <laughs> it looked like he had been in the tanning booth. For like, <laughs> he's already a tan guy, so it's not like fair because it's kind of hard to judge. But it looked like he had been living in the tanning booth for like three straight days. It was just dark colored. And, sort of like Barney? Uh, yeah. Sort of, right? <laughs> and... Um, but it, it got it got serious and it got dangerous and I, and, and you know and kudos like I want to give him kudos uh, because he's a freaking tough guy and he was just trying to grind it out <laughs> and grind it out and grind it out. But we kept saying like, dude, there's differences here between pushing through a cramp and pushing through an injury and pushing through heat. Like heat's dangerous. Like you could get you could find yourself in some serious trouble in when it comes to heat exhaustion or heat stroke. Yeah, I think. Um... You know, Jared, just from our drive up there, you know, we drove through some dense fog and, you know, enough where you can't really see the taillights of the car in front of you. And had I known then, just thinking about that, that's some thick air and there was very little wind. Um, and, and so that combination I didn't realize would play such a big part in our first four or five hours. Um, but I, I, I definitely think you know, that's one of the, the only times that I have been a little concerned for kind of <laughs> the overall health of one of us <laughs> and not just like, you know, yeah, this is kind of one of those things that we deal with. Cause we, we go through training runs all the time where, you know, it's one of us is dealing with something that's not ideal and, and just, um, the look on your face suggested this was more. And I think that I, I know that concerned me and I'm pretty sure that concerned chief too. Oh, hundred percent. When you were, when you were stumbling a little bit and asking for, for one of us to grab you, like I was like, man, this is, I'm getting super, super scared. Right. Now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's probably the first time I've ever been concerned too. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've dealt with, um, being dehydrated I've dealt with cramps a lot and so I I sort of know what that feels like as it's coming on um I know kind of you know what that feels like in the midst of it I can kind of um I have a lot of experiences where I can think you know is is this really severe is this sort of like something that happens and I'll get it under control um and so I've got you know quite a bit of experience and sort of comfort with that part of it this was something different that I was not comfortable with. And it was the first time that I think I was really concerned to, um, it, you know, it kind of started. So <clears throat> I paid, a, I paid a lot of attention to this training run, knowing that it was coming up and kind of the, the week and days leading up to it. Um, it, it was on my mind and I was, I was trying to be intentional about, um, hydrating and diet and everything else. And, um, and so, you know, it, it wasn't as if sometimes I'm going into runs knowing that like the few days before I've been working outside or something and know like, golly, that wasn't ideal. Um, this time I had, I had been out the day before out at the farm doing kind of minimal work, but still outside. And, you know, I mean, it's late July in Oklahoma, so it's, it's hot in the shade. Um, but I was paying attention to it and I was trying to hydrate and stuff. And so... I didn't start the run thinking I was behind. Um, and I think that was, I was probably wrong about that. Um, and then, you know, we had our first, first leg and it was really good. Um, you know, felt really good, obviously pouring sweat, but I mean, frankly, 
you know, I've been training in the summer in Oklahoma for this race now for a couple months, and almost every run is sort of like that, right? I mean... Yeah, when aren't you pouring sweat? Yeah, yeah. and so, it, it, you know, none of that really sent up any any alarms to me. Um, we did kind of our first aid station, and, uh, you know, and, and I tend to, when I stop, <coughs> I tend to be able to tell really how much I'm sweating, you know, so like if I sit down for a second and then get up and there's, you know, a puddle there. I'm like, Oh boy, I'm sweating quite a bit. Um, and so, you know, it was, I knew it, it was all in my mind, but I was hydrating like crazy and, and eating and drinking. So I just, um, there was nothing really that was telling me like, Hey, you're, you're behind, you're going to get in trouble here. So we come out of that first aid station, which was, which was mile 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then what I what I started to feel was I was just getting really hot, like you know I, I was getting like sort of like a heat rush up into my head, and I didn't feel like I could like get that cooled down, um, and so that was kind of the feeling that I was having, just like this sort of like really intense heat that was kind of coming to like the front of my head, and it was making me sort of feel like a little bit like brain foggy, like golly, something's not right. Um, I just didn't feel like sort of sharp in my mind. Um, and so that was, that was kind of the feeling that I started to get. And then, you know, like we had Beth come out and, and get some ice towels and stuff like that, try to get me cooled down. And it was like, I could cool down for a second. And then as soon as we'd start, you know, 30 seconds in, I would sort of feel this like, oh my gosh, I'm getting hot again. Um, and so that was kind of the, the struggle I was going back and forth was this just really like, I'm feeling too hot. I cannot get cooled down. And it was, it was really elevating my breathing and my heart rate and stuff. And so that was kind of the feeling that I was having, you know, when, when things started to go off the rails for me. And you kept talking about your chest. So that, that, so that was, that initially wasn't like that. And then, you know, as we kind of. So, you know, I, I bet this sort of really started in an intense way at probably like mile 15, 16, something like that. Um, and so we kind of tried to work it out through the next few miles. And then when we were, when we, after the turnaround, when we were on our way back, um, I was just sort of walking and I started to feel kind of like what I would describe as pressure in my chest area. And that was when, honestly, I was like, is something really bad happening? And I, I even asked Jeff, like, Jeff, is there any chance I'm having a heart attack right now? Yeah. Um, and it was just because it was a, it was a feeling I'm just not, I ha, I'm not used to. We run in the heat all the time. I've had runs where I get too hot and have to cool down and have to stop. That, that's happened before. That's not totally foreign. Um, this was a little bit of a different feel. Um, and so kind of with the, like, what I'm calling sort of a fogginess mentally when, once I started getting like some pressure in my chest, I was like, Oh boy, do I, do I need to be headed to the uh, hospital here? Well, that, that's what, that's what scared me the most and realizing, you know, being in the military, we're always trying to plan for things and contingencies. When Jared started having issues, I'm like, one, there's not a drop of shade out here anywhere. We're in the middle of a dirt exposed oh dirt God, road. It's, it's just, it literally couldn't get any hotter. Two, I don't, I know we're six miles outside of town, but I'm not really sure exactly where we're at, right? <laughs> so if I'm trying to call an ambulance and Jared goes into a heat stroke, how am I going to direct them to where I'm at? No. And then four, 
We have zero cool liquids to cool Jared off. Jared is a large man. I cannot carry him to a pond. I was, I was so frustrated with the like inability to have anything cold after you know twenty minutes. Yeah, it, that was honestly one of the things that was just getting under my skin so much. I was like, can I get a freaking drink of cold water, please? Um, yeah, that that was that was bothersome, uh, like to the max. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I was sort of like, this run was important to me to get in, kind of given where we're at in preparation for Leadville. Yeah. And, and, and I also was really looking forward to having the comparison of the 50 miler on the front end of the training block, the 50 miler now, and sort of, I, I thought there was a chance I would feel like, okay, I did the 50 and, I, and I've got more. I know I could do more, you know, and hopefully get like a little bit of a confidence boost for Leadville, right? Because when we did the 50 on the front end, it was like, I couldn't take another step further. I don't know how 100 is even possible for anybody. And so I wanted to sort of replace that feeling of the 50 with, a, okay, I did it and it sucks, but I can, I can keep going. And so I was really looking forward to this. So kind of in the midst of this like recognition that, man, I don't know if this is something going really bad. I don't know if it's like, hey, push through or hey, don't push through. I'm sort of also trying to balance the, I need to get these miles in. I want to get these miles in. If this is not something serious, then I want to keep, I need to keep going. Um, And so I was kind of having that sort of balancing thought in my head of, honestly, like, am I just being a sissy? You know, like, if if, is this just like, yeah, of course it's freaking hot. Of course it's hot, but you're fine. Or am I like, if I keep going, I I could really cause some problems here. I wanted. That's why I kind of was mentioning when we were talking. Like, there's a difference between heat and cramps. Like, I want because I knew your mentality is like our mentality of I. I would have the exact same thought. Like, dude, you need to toughen up. Like you are, you're, you're, you're being kind of a pansy here. Just suck it up and keep running. And I knew that you had that mentality because you continued to keep pushing and you're like stripping stuff off. You're like leaving stuff in the ditch. You're like, I might just, if I take my shirt off, if I take my pack off, if I take, if I lose one sock, maybe, you know? And, uh, so I wanted to let you know that like, Hey man, like this is a lot more bigger deal than I didn't. You you know you may not think of at the moment. So yes, you have an out. Like you need to get some in this American conditioning, and you need to get some because Jeff and I broke the golden rule: never leave a man behind, especially if, he, <laughs> if he's having a freaking heat stroke. Because but the problem is with if for the people that are listening, <clears throat> Jared is like he gets adamant. Like guys, you need to go. You need to just leave me alone. Go. He doesn't like to talk a lot, so I'm like, all right, we'll just run up here. We'll leave him. Let him kind of gather his thoughts. And as soon as we got home, I'm like, Jeff, I got to go get him. And I just jumped in the Jeep and headed back. And thank God I did because he was like, his hands were out and he's like walking. Like, I didn't know if he recognized who I was. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like <laughs> I did. I was happy to see the Jeep. No, so what, all right, early when it was, when it was initially going wrong, you had made a comment about the color of my legs. You were like, are your legs like purple? Is that... And I looked, and I was like, yeah, I think if, I think it's normal. I think I'm good, <laughs> right? And so I, I didn't think much of it. Well, later, after you guys had, had broken the golden rule, um, I was sort of walking along there, 
and I had my hands sort of tucked in my pack and, um, and my, my like arms were sort of getting like, no, I didn't feel like I was getting good circulation to them. And so I sort of dropped them down and like spread my fingers out and I looked at my hands and my hands were like really purple. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't really look right. And then I looked down at my legs too. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that color is the normal color. It was like a really sort of dull, purpley undertone. And I was like, that can't be good. And so then I was trying to sort of stretch my, you know, try to get some blood flowing. And um, and I was kind of walking along. And then my feet started to sort of like go to sleep. And I was like, okay, I'm having like a circulation issue. You know what I mean? So then, I'm, you know, I'm back onto the, I'm probably in the midst of a heart attack. You know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. You know, I'm going to die. Uh, and so I was in that mental state when I saw the Jeep. And, I, and, and honestly, like for a second, I was wondering, um, do I need to go back and cool off and I'm, and I'm good? Or like, do I need to go... When you pick me up, do I need to be going to get medical attention? Yeah. I, I really, I wasn't sure because I just never really had that feeling. And so I think, you know, part of that, the newness of that made me afraid that something was bad. Um, and, and I think, and I think probably like realistically, I think probably it was almost bad. Like it was on the verge of going bad. And I think we did a, good job of sort of slowing down and I'm glad that you guys go went ahead and, and went, you know, left because I think I would have tried to sort of run more and I don't think I should have been doing that at the time. Um, and we were, <laughs> well, we were about like half mile out. We're like, we're like, all right, do we go get him? I was like, Jeff, you should go get him. He's like, no. I was like, well, do we send Beth? Cause if he's, cause we were afraid, we were afraid we'd be like pissed that we went and got you, <laughs> you know? I'm like, well, if he sends Beth, he, if he's pissed, he won't say nothing. He'll just get in the Jeep. We wanted him to get in the Jeep, you know? Like, <laughs> so I was like, screw it. I'll just go get him. Like, if he's mad, I'd, I'm just afraid for him. And so we'll just get him. And the other issue, Jared, is even in the midst of uh, potential dehydration episode, you're still, like, making jokes. And so it kind of doesn't help to know where you're at mentally because you're like, oh, these two socks. I'm wearing two pairs of socks. <laughs> you're like, Jared... <laughs> Chief, there's a, a drop of shade out here. I'm gonna crawl underneath that leaf of that weed. I'm like, yeah, stop saying funny stuff. Even, and so it doesn't help because you're like, okay, he's still making jokes. Well, we're laughing, but then you're not laughing, but we're laughing. So I wasn't sure how serious it was when he's right. like, guys, I need you to help hold me up. Yeah. Can you put me under that blade of grass over there for some shade? <laughs> You're like, I'm scared of snakes, but I'm going to get rid of my snake fear to jump in that pond. I was like, and then when we, I was like, we don't have any cool liquid. I mean, we could pee on you, but I don't think that's any colder, dude, right now. I was like, I don't know what to do for you, man. Sadly, I think peeing on me would have been cooler than the liquids I had in my freaking pack to drink. I mean, that was like a legit option there for a second. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was like, I wish we could record this whole like conversation that we're having, but we... We make jokes about it, but we wanted to talk about the dehydration thing because, I mean, you were even, and what threw me off is you were still sweating. Mm -hmm. And usually with de when you're getting into like a heat exhaustion, heat stroke, you stop sweating and your body starts to heat. So that's why we were like 
Well, is, are you having like a blood pressure thing? Yeah. yeah. You weren't battling cramps either. Uh-huh. Well, no, I wasn't. And I started to later. And so I, I think I hadn't, that they just hadn't come on yet. Sure. Um, that was part of my confusion too, was I'm not super dehydrated because I'd be cramping. When I'm a little dehydrated, I cramp. Um, and that was sort of my thought process going on. And so I, I that's why I was thinking this is something different. Yeah. Um, and I think it, you know, it, it probably was i've uh, you know i've based on my google researching on my, you know, <laughs> i i think that it was I, I was probably a little bit dehydrated and that made me pretty susceptible to the heat and you know i just wasn't regulating the the temperature very well of my body and i i think you know i got too hot as a result of being a little bit behind hydration wise um, yeah i'm gonna I'm, go with that because that's something <laughs> i can fix um, yeah. and, uh, and go for it. But of course, you know, now my, my wife and my mom are like, you need to go see a doctor. I'm like, what is it? You're going to ask me, you know, what happened? I'd be like, well, it was a hundred and it was a hundred percent humidity and I was trying to run 50 miles. And he's going to look at you and say, you don't need a heart scan. You need a brain scan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to tell that to a doctor. They're like I've already WebMD'd this. So I mean, I could tell you what's going on if you need to know. Could you just give me a note that I can give to my wife and mother that says I'm fine? Okay. I'm only here for that. <laughs> Can you tell my teacher that I'm okay? But well, that tells me you're starting to get your cramping stuff under control. Because I mean, we've been running together for years, and cramping has always been a huge thing. And you were like some serious dehydration stuff, like we've been talking about. But you didn't hardly cramp at all. So it tells me like you're kind of heading, you're getting that kind of nipped in the butt a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm better at dealing with that than probably any of the other issues that, you know, come up during sort of long endurance type activities just because I've had it happen so many times. I mean, it's almost an inevitability at some point, but I'm, I'm so good now at recognizing it before it's happening, but when I'm on the way to it. And so there's a time window there, I think, where I can, where I can adjust usually. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I think I'm getting, I'm, I'm better at that every time we do these things. Um, but I'm, I'm not better at whatever was happening on, on Sunday. So, so here's what happened. Chief picks me up, um, in the Jeep at, I don't know, probably where are we at? 22, 23, something like that. Um, and, and takes me back to the house. I immediately go and get in the pool. Um, which was a, which was a lifesaver. Um, and so I, I get in the pool and, and kind of get cooled down quickly and then popped inside under air conditioning and a fan. And I just laid down on a cold tile floor, um, and fell asleep, went to, went to sleep for a little bit. Beth came to wake me up to come back to, you know, you guys had kept on. Um, and then, you, you know, so that was probably somewhere like 30, 45 minutes. I was sort of back to, you know, mental clarity, um, still, you know, kind of feeling not exactly a hundred percent, but not afraid anymore that like something was going on. My, my color was back to normal, um, (laughs) things like that. And so it was, I think the, the fix and, and the result of that makes me pretty confident that I, I just, I was having a heat issue. I've just got too hot, um, and couldn't get cooled down quick enough. Um, and probably wasn't giving myself enough time to get cooled down either, right? It's sort of, 
we have a tendency to do this like when you're struggling and maybe you back off a little bit of the pace or you walk a little bit the minute you feel better you ramp it up again and uh and and that's maybe not the best way to do it you might have to give yourself a little more time to recover that's a that's a great point i i definitely think um especially in our training and especially with people who have similar mentalities about kind of checking the box of let's get this done um you, you just don't spend enough time recovering in the middle of what you're doing it's a constant like you know, push yourself to that limit. So you end up spending the time at that limit instead of spending it, you know, in a, a zone down. Um, but what I'm, what I'm really interested in is you came back and joined us, um, for the, the last six miles. Um, I, I really want to know kind of what your thought process was to decide to do that. Um, who was in your ear saying, don't do that. Mm -hmm. And kind of how you felt, getting back after it. Cause I know you weren't a hundred percent, but you handled that six miles as good as we did. Um, and so I, I, I want to know a little bit more about that part. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, maybe the first hour after I got cooled down, um, I still, I didn't feel good enough that I thought it would be worth it to try to do any more that day. I thought, you know, I'm just going to make the situation worse and my recovery is going to take longer and stuff. And so, um, I, I had not decided that I was going to try to get any more miles in, um, kind of in that initial hour. And then, you know, we had that next aid station stop with you guys. Um, and you all were going out after that on like an eight mile out and back. And so I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, okay, that's an hour and a half and they'll be back here. That's another hour and a half for me to eat and drink and kind of see where I'm at. Um, and I, I wanted to get back in. I had, you know, I had a lot of anxiety about this run anyway, because I wanted it to be something. And then it was not being that in the moment. Um, and so it was, I was sort of struggling mentally with, I'm on the sidelines when I'm supposed to be doing this 50 miler and you guys are doing it. And so there, you know, it's even more pronounced than it would be like if you were out on a training run by yourself, you know, you're like, you know, the group I'm supposed to be running in is running and I'm not. Um, and so it was, it was really kind of a mental struggle of, okay, I'm recovered now. There's no reason to not be back out there. Um, versus, you know, I don't want to cause a bigger issue. Um, and screw up everybody's training run because, you know, we're going to the emergency room or something. <laughs> uh, so I, I was, I was sort of battling that. Of course, my wife was calling and texting, telling me you, you need to be done. Don't be stupid. Um, and she was, she was being influenced through my sister, um, who's, who's a PA and she was smart enough to not directly contact me <laughs> and tell me that I needed to be done, but she was doing it through my wife. And, uh, so, you know, they, they were, but, but of course they weren't there and kind of didn't, didn't see what was happening and didn't, you know, and I knew how I felt. Um, and so I think eventually I got to a point where I feel like, I'm, I'm recovered from this. And I knew, you know, at the end of this run, it wasn't like it was going to push me in, in like a pace way or anything. And so I thought 
I can get some more miles in with you guys. And, and it's, I wanted to, it was kind of like, you know, you said I broke the golden rule. We left. I felt like I was sort of leaving guys behind because you guys were still out there, you know, struggling through this run and I'm in, you know, sitting down, kicking my feet up and sitting in front of a fan. And that didn't feel right. I'd say, I, I, I totally believe all that. Um, and I would say chief and I thought that you would be back out with us when we got to the aid station before the eight miles, the first first one at the barn, because when you greeted us, when we crossed the cattle guard, you were pretty chipper. You looked good. And it's the first time that I felt energy from you compared to the previous two times. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, we kind of left out of there thinking, I know I did, man, if I can get back to this, I actually said it. If I can get back to this barn and Jared does the last leg, I'm doing it too. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. Um, and so that, that pushed me cause I was already in uncharted territory with the amount of miles that I had done. Cause I haven't gone anywhere past 31 in a single day, mm-hmm. 33. I can't remember, but we're, we're way past that now. And so, um, I, I know it, it lifted us a little bit seeing you with some energy and that helped a lot. So I, I'm, I'm super glad that you ignored uh, your wife and all the influences and medical advice Yeah, and medical <laughs> advice and, you know, just pretty much anybody who has uh, some sense. Uh, and so, yeah, that's so anyone, any, any, anyone listening to this, I am not a doctor and I do not know shit about health or safety or anything else. And so if you're like listening to this thinking that was the dumbest thing to try to go back out there, you may be right. Okay. And so I would not suggest that to anybody. No. Um, but you know, it's look when, man, when, when you put sort of a lot of emphasis on the importance in the grand scheme of like one of these training runs to not get it done. I mean, honestly, I was sort of like in my head thinking, well, what's worse here? I get back out there and it turns out I shouldn't. And we've got a real situation on our hands. Okay. Or the anxiety of not getting back out here and knowing I did not like, I was honestly sort of weighing which of these is worse in the overall (laughs) scheme. So yeah, it was, um, so I, I ended up getting just, maybe like around 30 miles in. Um, and, and then, you know, the last two days, it's just like beating me up about God, dude, it went bad. You know, it's, what do I do? Do I, you know, do I make up those miles? Do I, you know, do I just leave it behind and say that was a fluke deal and it's not a hundred and humid in Leadville. So, you know, problem solved. And I don't know, you know, there's, there's really no right answer. It's just, it's just another thing that, you know, you got to deal with in the lead up to, you know, doing something that's outside of your comfort zone. And so now, you know, I've got the anxiety of, you know, do I have some sort of blood circulation issue that's going <laughs> to pop up on me when I'm coming into Twin Lakes? I mean, who knows? <laughs> you know, it's like, you like my blood turned into blood grape cir- jelly, apparently. And, uh, <laughs> you have like blood circulation socks on now. <laughs> Yeah, that. So I, I was wearing the gear. I was wearing the Ingenji toe liners with a with a pair of socks over it. You know, I'm trying to deal with these blister things. I'm doing all the things. You know, I taped, I pre-taped my pinky toe, 
And like I'm like on top of all this crap. And then I'm out there. I'm so damn hot. My feet are hot. And I'm like, shit, it's the double socks. It's that that has changed the entire temperature of my body. I've got a whole new issue now. <laughs> when you get a shirt to this damn double socks. <laughs> damn double socks, I'm telling you. I, oh my here, gosh. Just to put it in perspective for anybody. So I have, as an adult man, I have never run with my shirt off. Ever. I'm not a shirt off runner. I'm just not. Okay. Well, I took my shirt off and I took my pack off. So I, I mean, I was a topless man out there. No shame. And I mean, that's how freaking hot I was. I just could not get any relief from that whatsoever. And I was desperate. And look, to give some perspective, I, if I was to rank Sunday's run on importance for the training plan, it'd been the number two most important day for us to run, right? Leadville being number one for me, going out to Leadville and actually making that run. I thought that was number one. Here's so, Chief trying to make you feel good again. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, it's, you know, I want to say that your mentality is no different than any one of our mentalities would have been. And I would have been the same way saying, I need to be out there. Like, why? Like this, this is, this is important day to me. I need to be grinding this out and I'm not doing it. And so for you to go out there and do the last six, I, I was impressed and I thought that was huge and I wouldn't have done anything different. I would have been out there at literally as soon as I could have got out there. Uh, I think what happened is, is you gained a huge amount of perspective and a huge amount of knowledge about yourself even more, right? Where you're pushing yourself to, you pushed yourself to a limit that, I mean, none of us have ever been to. That was a that was on the edge at that point, right? And so now you kind of can recognize that a little earlier now to say, I just think you're, like you were saying earlier, your baseline was off. You're like, okay, here's my baseline. I'm hydrated. I'm going to be- go from here, drink, 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 drink. And, you know, your hydration levels will come down as you're running. I think you just started at a very deprived state of water at that point. And so when you're thinking that's your baseline, you're going down from there, right? And you kind of learned. And so... Regardless, if you still got 30 miles in, <clears throat> in a pretty brutal conditions, and you learned a whole bunch more about yourself. So I think it, at the end of the day, it wasn't a waste of time. I think I think you gained a lot. It's a good spin. Yeah. I, I 100% <clears throat> think it was a great spend of a day. And I would venture to say you probably learned more than Chief and I just having to go through that. Um, I think it was a huge training run also. Uh, I, I drove back all day the previous day to try to get back for this training run um, because I feel like it is that important. Um, but in the grand scheme, what I think would be worse is if we'd have knocked out that 50 with no issues, we would spend the last five weeks thinking we got it. Overconfident. And I, I'm going to tell you that our, if I didn't learn anything other than this one thing from our trip to Leadville, it's that you cannot extrapolate one to the other because they are not the same. And I'm going to lean on that as often as I have to these last five weeks because I believe Leadville will be 30 hours of going through stuff that we are not ready for and potentially could not be ready for. And we just have to be willing to step into that anyways. And... I'm glad we did it. I I think I learned a huge lesson in that when we tackle something of this magnitude, having that Jeep and the capability to go out and back, out and back, because we were never that far away from potential help. That's a huge thing. 
um, especially under the conditions that we were under. Um, I also think having people with you, doing it with you, is awesome. Uh, Chief, this is the first time I looked at you and thought, Chief is having some trouble. And in my mind, this sounds terrible, but that made me feel like, well, at least I'm not working hard and being the only one. Mm -hmm. And so that helped me. Um, watching what Jared, you went through, um, it made me evaluate what I was doing, eating, drinking, and trying to keep up. And so I, I think it's a complete win across the board. Um, I'm not going to go back and make up the five miles. <laughs> like <laughs> 45 is plenty for me, um, but I am going to try to learn everything I can from this going forward. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much more to say about it. I mean, yeah, just a good day. <clears throat> it's a hard day, mentally a day that I needed. I needed it mentally. You know, we've gotten some questions um, about like altitude versus heat, humidity. You know, there's been some studies out that it's a, you know, um, maybe comparable um, to altitude to train with some heat and humidity. And I don't know, you know, how true those things are. What I will say is that kind of the last, maybe since coming home from Leadville, you know, we went there mid-June. And so it was, you know, in Oklahoma in mid-June, it's getting hot, it's in the 90s, it's humid, um, and so it's it's tough conditions. Um, and they sort of continue to get worse through July and the first part of August. Um, since coming home from Leadville, I would say nearly every run I've done I have felt like the conditions here running, and I'm, I'm running a lot of times in the day on purpose to try to, you know, because just in case it's true that heat and humidity trains you for altitude, you know, I'll be running in kind of the, the heat of the day on purpose. I felt like the condition, I feel worse here than I did when we were in Leadville doing our training. Um, and so um, in, in my head, and, and I'm sure this probably is somewhat person to person, but in my head, the altitude felt like a less severe um, hindrance to me than like the real hot and humid days feel to me. You know what I mean? Just overall, my body feels worse on days like Sunday than they did in the two days than I did in the two days in Leadville. Yeah. I yeah. would I would agree the um, humidity the thickness of the air um, is a much harder thing for me to manage and the altitude with the clean crisp air was such a relief for me and even if it's just my mental outlook on it it still seemed um, more difficult on Sunday. It did. It just—it's cooler in the mountains, right? And it's shade—it's gonna it's shade, and it's gonna be colder at night when we're running. I feel like you get out in that heat. It's the heat for me. And my heart rate kicks up. Everything's just everything kind of ramps up times two when you get into the heat a little bit. The pack's heavier. You're sweating more. That sweat, like I didn't realize, like the shirt was basically clogging up any airflow to me. I took my <laughs> shirt off. Yeah. You know, what I mean, so the the conditions just they're not conducive to running. And so by running through those conditions, yes, when we went to Leadville, I, 
I was really kind of had some anxiety about the altitude. I kept saying like, man, I don't feel, I don't feel the altitude. I did at the pass. Yeah. The last thousand feet up to the pass. Uh, yeah, I did feel that. But other than that, I mean, I, was, I really feel like they're, they, they do well comparable. They do, they do well at training you because this is all we have. So we've got to make the best of it. But I think that there is some science there and, and you don't know it until you test it. Right. But when, let's, let's cross Leadville. Let's cross the finish line. We can say, yeah, that was, that did, that did provide us the best training conditions for the altitude. Yeah. I mean, we'll, once we get through, um, August 21st and 22nd, I think we'll look back and kind of evaluate and we'll have a much better handle on any comparisons from, from a more knowledgeable standpoint. But I think for now, a great training run. Um, we are, we are, you know, as ramped up for Leadville as we can get, but let's move into some of the changes that they have made to the Leadville Trail 100 run um, from the email that we got at the beginning of July, uh, because I know that's going to affect us. And actually, I think it's affecting us more potentially after Sunday, because now I think we are looking at um, paces when can we pick up a pacer and stuff like that? So, Chief, give us a kind of quick rundown of the changes, and then we can, and then we can talk about them. I mean, yeah, like you said, it changes just came out this month, yeah. which is <laughs> one month prior to the race. Um, you know, we've been waiting for this for two years. Couldn't find a different time to put this out, but <laughs> so they told us now, no crew or spectators will be allowed in Winfield. Which is uh, the 50-mile mark. Which is the turnaround mark. And the yeah. Winfield, they had to shuttle people into Winfield. Logistically, is probably a nightmare. Understandable. The big one is no pacers until 62.5 miles, which you used to be able to pick a pacer up at Winfield. Now you can't. Which was 50. Which was 50. Yeah. And now you have to go over Hope and back over Hope by yourself and pick a pacer up. So I think this is the first time... That I know of, I've, I've heard of that they moved the pacer to 62 and a half. I think it's always been 50 since the race started. So that's going to be a new challenge to everybody doing this race. And then uh, probably the one that I, I really am having a tough time understanding is the cutoff times have been changed for outward bound, which the email doesn't say that outward bound was changed, but it was changed. They dropped 30, minute, 30 minutes off outward bound. And they dropped 30 minutes off Twin Lakes. But everything else... Twin Lakes outbound. 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 Everything else that I can see hasn't changed cutoff time-wise. They said that they did in the email Winfield was 6 p.m. cutoff at Winfield, but it's always been 6 p.m. So the email's not really clear on those changes. But the pacer, I can understand. The crew in Winfield, I can understand. I just don't understand. Like Changing the cutoff times I thought was unfair to the people that have signed up to this race. I'm being I'm being a little bold here, but a little forward on what I'm saying, but those changes should have been made for next year's race. Everybody signed up. When they signed up for this race, they signed up for those cutoffs. And have been training. And for been that. training for those cutoffs. And making game plans for those cutoffs. Yeah. Right? That's what, I mean, I, I, I have a similar feeling toward it, Chief. Um, but I guess mine would be more of the timing of them. Like, I get it. If, and, and look, we're, who knows why the changes were made. I'm sure it, they're not willy nilly for no reason. I'm sure there are 
reasons and this was kind of the best solution to address whatever issues they had to address permitting wise relationship wise with you know kind of the various people you have to coordinate to put on a hundred mile run so i i won't pretend to kind of know the background of why the changes were made my only criticism and, and maybe it was unavoidable but my only criticism is late in the game to make what i think are you know indisputably substantive changes um is is tough um i think that is a you know that's a curveball that you know there's a school of thought that's like look it's a hundred mile race you got to be ready to deal with you know all kinds of curveballs i get those but usually the curveballs are not you know the cutoff times have changed um the 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 pacer i i think the change to the pacers is a bigger deal than than maybe what you think it is chief because one, hiking Hope Pass was one of the ways I sold, hey, come be a pacer for this yeah. race. You know, I, I got... You get to do this. Yeah, I yes. got, you know, a pacer committed to the race. And now, of course, you know, he can't back out even though he doesn't get to do the part that he was looking forward to. Sure. Um, which, and I know it's not about him, but it's, you know, we used that to sell to pacers to come, you know, get in on this. And now, you know, Pacers aren't going to get to do Hope Pass. Um, I think that's a big deal because I've sort of sold a false bill of goods, you know, to my Pacer. And now I'm making adjustments and it changes the experience for them and it's too late to back out for them. I mean, sure. Well, Hope uh, Pass is the iconic uh, climb for the Leadville 100 trail run. And I, I agree. Um one of my pacers, his main reason for wanting to pace is to be able to do Hope Pass. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think this is a little late to be um, adjusting that. I, I don't actually mind that you can't pick pacers up till 62. Uh, I just think that that maybe something could have been done before that so that uh, everybody was aware of that. Um, you know, the cutoff times I think are going to be important to me no matter what they are. And so I, I think those are a big deal, but I, I can understand adjusting those for whatever reason that they had to. I, I just believe that the timing of it from my standpoint, whether it was unavoidable or not, the timing of it is not that great for those of us in it. And so I, I just, you know, it's just kind of one of those things, whether it was, you know, made at this time or made a long time ago and they just announced it, we'll never know that. But I, I just think the timing of it is not wonderful. And I don't even want to speculate on whether it was unavoidable or not, because in my mind, hopefully they don't change things like that if it's not unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we we will deal with it for sure. What what's your plans on doing Hope Pass the backside now, carrying your own stuff, and coming down potentially as the sun's going down by yourself? And well, does that change anything? It changed a lot for me because one, I dropped a pacer, so one of my pacers aren't coming out now. Because, and I know it changes how you're going to handle Winfield Aid Station. Yeah, that was my big thing with my pacer. I was like, hey, look, we had a food game plan. I went. I'm going to give you my pack. You're going to do this. You're going to give me this food. I'm going to eat it while you're doing that. And I'm going to start walking out of the aid station. You fill my stuff up and then catch up with me. 
all that's gone. I gotta have a drop bag now, and I've gotta put. I'm not. I'm gonna put my food in there because I'm not gonna rely on them having the exact food that I want. And then I've gotta go mix it. I gotta go make ramen, and like, <laughs> then I gotta go fill my pack. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't really want to have to deal with at Winfield. I wanted to. Me and Hope was like ripping the Band-Aid off. Let's just get to Winfield Turn. Let's go back. Like, let's just go rip the Band-Aid off. Go make Hope twice, and let's get home. Now it's a whole different thing. I got to go and self-aid myself. Yeah, I know there's going to be volunteers there, but I can't plan for that. I can't plan for an awesome volunteer to come up and just give me and help me everything that I'm wanting. I can't. I can't game plan for that. I'm praying for that, but. Uh, <laughs> At the end of the day, I got to be able to make changes. I mean, and then already I was already having anxiety about the cutoff times. So that's what makes Leadville difficult. And then for you to tighten them up even more gives me even more anxiety. But what gives me a little bit of hope is you didn't change. Or I say you is the race didn't change any of the backside cutoff times. So getting to Winfield, boom, I'm right back into the race that I've been training for this whole time. Sure. So. We, we've made a big deal about getting up and over Hope to Winfield and then back to Twin Lakes as like the, you know, culmination of this race to potentially set you up to finish the hundred. And I, I think now we can for sure look forward to picking up pacers once we get back to Twin Lakes inbound. Um, I, I think potentially this makes for an epic Hope Pass mentally and physically for the racer. And... If I get through that, I'm for sure going to talk about that. Um, but it also brings in a whole nother level of anxiety for me not being able to unload my pack and pick up somebody because that gives me such a boost. And so I, I'm going to have to uh, deal with that. And I, I'm not looking forward to that. And I do not want to be going back over hope in the dark. Like, I no. Know by myself. I, if... if it, 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 if I was going to having a tough time during the race and I was in the dark coming back over hope, I was like, well, hey, at least I have my pacer. He'll have a headlamp, spare headlamp. I'll have my headlamp, somebody to talk to. But now I'm going to be out there, Blair Witch Project in the middle of the woods <laughs> in the dark. You know, that's, not, and that's where I'm, it's going to push me even more to ensure that I'm not going back over hope in the dark or coming back down the pass in the dark. Because I want to try to run the inbound side of, Hope Pass into Twin Lakes. It's going to be a lot more difficult in the dark. With your pack on. With your pack on, right? And tired. And so, tired. Um, yeah, it's it's bringing a whole nother level of challenge to Leadville. Yeah. It's a, I, I, it's a bummer. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a bummer not to get a pacer at 50 to me. I was, I was really looking forward to, um, you know, doing the Hope Pass climb with my buddy. So, so that he could do it. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of looking forward to this will be cool. This will be a, a neat shared experience. I understand that there are legitimate reasons to limit the people um, on hope. And so I, like I get it. It's just the expectation was that you'll be doing it with your, you know, your pacer. And so and your pacer has been training for, you know, 30 miles. Yeah. Well, now you've taken the potential to pace down to 38 miles. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's... It's all and I've had my pacer hiking on the treadmill, you know, like basically <laughs> I told him like when we came home from Leadville, I was like, buddy, this climbing's pretty real. So you might want to get in the gym, turn that treadmill up and just hike. Yep. I'm not worried about you running. I'm worried about hiking. So that's where you should be focused. Well, 
maybe maybe not so much <laughs> so you know it's just kind of a bummer to get to get those kind of changes this late in the game is uh i think not ideal but yeah. so we haven't got the athlete guide yet and so no telling what else is coming do you think this is the only email that we'll get with changes just yeah. that substantive um I, I i hope so i would expect so um but Look, man, at the end of the day, guys, it's... It's a hard hundred. <laughs> it's Every hundred is is a hard hundred, um, I assume. You know, from my experience. <laughs> if you find it easy, hundred, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's another thing. And to me, the, these changes are not going to dictate whether we finish or not. Right. right? They're, they're not... They're not dictating the result of this for us. And so it's just something you, you deal with and you work the problem just like you do all of the problems that are going to come up for us during the race. Yeah. Um, we're going to work those too. And so. Yeah. And then my wife's going to run the last leg with me now. Oh yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. That's a cool change. Yeah. To your plan given, given the changes to the race. We'll see. Uh, you never know. I saw her out training yesterday. Yes. Yep. So she picked up a training plan. She's running now. She's out there getting that. She, we have this back section behind our property. It's like a half a mile easement along the power lines. She made me go out there and mow it. So <laughs> yesterday I come home from work and I'm out there with my son mowing a strip through the weeds so she can run it. Like I, I like the dedication. I know, I right? So I'm helping her. She's helping me. We're getting it done together. So because that was the problem is my, my one buddy, he was in the Navy with me. He's in Jacksonville, Florida. And I just told him, I said, dude, it's not worth you driving out for less than 20 miles. Cause I got two pacers. So I asked the other pacer, can you do 25 straight miles? Yep. I can do it. Okay. What do I do? And Beth's like, well, I'll just run the last with you then. She's like, when do you think that you'll be there though? I said, hopefully about four in the morning. So <laughs> try to get some sleep. Cause and she told me, she like, that crew, crew and stuff yesterday on Sunday was, she's like, that was a lot of work because I got no downtime. It was either I was back at the house cooking, making more quesadillas, burritos, or I was filling up the jug with more ice. And I was She was back crewing in. three people, though. Yeah, yeah, she was. So, you know, hopefully it will be a little bit more manageable to just crew you. And hopefully the she'll be able to take advantage of some of the resources at the aid station, right? Yes. I mean, she's sort of having to make everything happen out of the Jeep in the yeah. middle of nowhere. That's, that's a tough job. It was a tough job. She's been, she's been clutch in this training block. I mean, in Leadville, man. she crewed us. I mean, Sunday, without man. Beth, hell, I may be dead. Without <laughs> Beth, I could be dead on the side of the road in Perry right now. <laughs> still there. Still, still there right now. Nobody's driven across me yet. That's what's sad. Some farmer, you know, checking his backfield is going to get me maybe the end of this week. But uh, that's it. That's my only hope. Well, it was a uh, memorable day for sure. Um, you guys have anything else you want to add? Rule changes during or anything to end to the 50 mile run we did? No, you know, my, my takeaway on the training run is I'm glad we did it. We learned a lot. Uh, we're moving on this week. And my takeaway from the email with the changes is great. We're adjusting already, which is a plan for us to adjust anyways. And so it just confirmed to me that this is an epic thing that we are trying. And 
so far it has not disappointed so i think the race day will actually be like the pinnacle of all the changes that we've been through so i'm excited about it um you guys if you got any takeaways uh on the changes yourself uh, let us know or send us an email if there's anything that you wonder how we're dealing with and adjusting pacers or cutoff times for us. Uh, we're excited to get to the last five weeks. We got a couple more recovery weeks here. Um, and then we got a couple more big weekends where we're pushing 20 miles. So um, before before we sign off, Jeff, I'm going to so I want to give a takeaway mainly so that hopefully I believe it. But um <laughs> You know, when you have even an important training run or something that doesn't go as planned, just like what happened to me, you know, like the last big training run before your, you know, goal race and everything hits the fan, um, just you've got to trust the rest of the process. There's no difference in my fitness um, today, given what happened Sunday, than, than if I would have made that, really. I mean, the... Nothing I can't make up, at least. Um, there's not a, a significant difference. And so, you know, things are going to go wrong in the lead up. And I think probably the biggest danger is not dealing with the anxiety that that causes. It's not, you know, the training part of it that is the biggest danger. And so that's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to to live on, you know, in the aftermath of, of the Sunday's failed training run. <laughs> Um, because frankly, I mean, I don't have time to, to, to do something, you know, totally different. I don't have time to throw out everything that's happened already and, and start fresh. We're too close. And so the only option I've got is to try to trust, you know, the rest of the training process and say, look, those things happen. And that's why you do so many of these runs. Um, so that's where I'm at. There, there's one more big weekend though. So, I mean, we still have next weekend's a big training block. So you get a chance to really push yourself. Redeem up. myself. Yeah, right? I'm going to drop you guys on that run. I'm going <laughs> to run your asses into the ground. This guy. But Chief, I, always keeping it real. Jared, I feel you though, man. I mean, we've been doing this for two years and we're five weeks out and you're just like, dude, not now. Yeah. Not now. Yeah. You know, but I think everything you said was absolutely the truth. You cannot throw out what you've done for two years now. Just like, oh, nope, nope. I'm not going to be able to do it now. You know what I mean? Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. So Always trust the plan, right? That's its only job is to get you to race day ready. That's it. So we're, we're going to trust the plan. Yeah. And minor, Makes me wish I would have followed that plan a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> minor setbacks are minor setbacks. And, uh, you know, the mental anxiety that comes with doing things like this is unavoidable. And so I, I believe that's part of the training. Um, and maybe that's an area we should dive deeper into this last five weeks is the mental training of preparing yourself for what's about to happen. I think so, Jeff. I mean, Chief said something Sunday after we were done and eating some burgers that Best Parents cooked up for us was, was awesome. Their hospitality was much appreciated. Um, Chief said, man, I'm going to have to dig deep to do this. And, you know, and it was kind of, Chief doesn't say that type of stuff a lot, right? No. He sort of is like encouraging us because we're sitting there thinking like, holy shit, I can't do this. Um, and that has sort of resonated with me over the last, you know, day and a half or so. It's like, God, we're going to have to dig deep to do it. You yeah. Know? But, I, but I believe we're going to get to hear that from the race 
people who started this thing is yeah. dig deep, right? Yeah. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, right? I mean, that's that's why we would even be tempted to sign up for it is because you have to do that, you know? And, and if it wasn't that type of challenge, then we wouldn't have signed up for it. And, um, and here we are. Here we are. Thanks, Jared, for getting us here. Chief, thanks to Beth for helping us out. And listeners, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Be sure and hit us up on social media. Savage Navy Chief, Iron Man Lawyer, and Jeff Boyer 75. Talk to you later.